0: Hey guys, welcome to the Cornerstone Podcast. We meet at Thursdays at 7 p.m. where you can fellowship, learn about the Bible, and hear from our lead pastor, Steve Hedlund. We hope to see you there. And so we're taking a little bit of a detour from where we've been in the book of Acts, and I, we should be back in Acts by next week, but somebody asked me if I would talk a little bit about work and about money, and that matters because I know you guys, you guys want to work. I mean, most of you guys want jobs. Uh, most of you don't want the jobs that don't pay very much. You want the jobs that do pay a lot because you want, you want your your work to count. And so, if you guys were at Grace a couple of weeks ago, you heard Derek Kinney give an excellent teaching on m- money on finances. It was very good. If you didn't get it, you can get the the podcast. But as w- I, 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 there's some things that he that there's a little bit of a different direction that I want to go tonight that, that, that different than what he. W- Went the, the path that he went down, so I want to start by asking you guys this question about money. Okay, would you rather, would you rather have a lot of money at your disposal or a little bit of money at your disposal? Okay, so let me let me just ask you. I'm this is I'm a serious question. How many of you guys would have a lot? Would like to have a lot of money? Some of you guys are afraid to raise your hands. Okay, how many of you guys would would really n- rather not have a lot of money and just have a little bit of money? Okay, a few of you. Okay, okay. The question I want you guys to think about is why whether you answered I would like to have a lot of money or the few of you that said uh, you know I'd really just rather have a little bit of money The important question the most important question is not what I like to have a lot or Would I like to have little or if I had whatever I have how should I spend it or how should I invest it or? Where how much should I tithe. the most important question in regards to money is why why do you want a lot or why do you want a little okay I want you guys to think about this and you know when I was younger when I was about your age I was one of those people that I didn't want a lot of money in fact I kind of had this idea that people that were rich were kind of the the, the cause of a lot of problems and so I didn't want to be like them in fact the the, the, a lot of the people who were rich I kind of despised and so I thought, I don't want to be like them, so I'm going, to be, I'm going to be poor, and I'm going to want to be poor, and I'm going to be proud of my poverty. And you know, the Lord is so good at changing us and breaking our st- stubborn pride. So the awkwardness was when I wasn't, when all of a sudden I had money without, I mean obviously I was working hard, but, but where things turned around for me, it was like all of a sudden I had stuff that I hadn't expected, and the Lord used that. To break my stubborn pride. My pride of, prov- of poverty. I mean, my hero is a homeless man, right? Right? I mean, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said he didn't have a place to lay his head. So I thought I want to be like him, and he didn't have any money, so I want to not have any money. But the Lord was training me how to change the way that I think. But here, here's the, the question that I want you The important question is, why? Why do you want to have a lot of money? Or for the few of you that raise your hand and say you don't want to you don't want to me. what's what's your motivation um, behind that? Your motivation is either selfish, a selfish motivation, or it's a love motivation. You guys hear what I'm saying? Okay. Now I want to ask you guys another question. As you think about what God wants for your life, do you think you don't have to raise your hand for this one? But do you think that God wants you to have a lot of money or a little bit of money? Okay. Some of you guys are afraid to answer because you're thinking, well, I might be be hit with this prosperity doctrine type uh, thing. So, guys, what does God want for you, for your future in regards to your finances? And the more important question is, why does he want that? Why does he want it? Why does he want what your finances are going to be like in your future? What's his, what's his interest in that? And I want to answer this question by looking at Deuteronomy 8, okay? So let's look at Deuteronomy 8. And if you guys remember, the book of Deuteronomy is the retelling by Moses of the history of the Israelites over the 40 years that they were in the wilderness. They're about to go into the promised land. They're about to cross over the Jordan River and head into the promised land. And Moses is telling them their history because it's been 40 years and so many of the people who started off on the journey from Egypt to the promised land had died. And so this younger generation has grown up and Moses is telling them what had happened. Okay, so Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. Okay, Moses is speaking here. He's speaking through the book of Deuteronomy. He says, be careful. Now, when the Bible says be careful, you should be careful. OK, the reason that it says be careful is because if you're not careful, there's going to be some bad things that are going to happen. OK, so he's warning them and the warning that Moses is giving to them, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is giving to the people in this room. So be careful to follow every command I am giving you today. Be careful to do what? Follow all the commands that Moses is given. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that. In other words, there's a reason for this, okay? I've got commands for you, and if you follow these commands, there's going to be some consequences for good or for bad, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers, okay? So, Moses is saying, be careful to follow these decrees because God has a good plan for you. After you cross this Jordan River, you're going to enter this promised land and things are going to be good. So I don't know what the, the Jordan River is for you guys, but so many of you are on this journey through the wilderness. And it feels like it's been 40 years, even though you're not 40 years old. And you're thinking, if I can just get over this last river, we're going to the promised land and things are going to be good. You guys know that feeling, right? I hope you have that feeling. I hope you're expecting good things in your future. So there's this promise of good things ahead, but just not yet. It hasn't happened yet. Look at verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years for a purpose. look, Look at the next word. Do you have that up here? If you want to put that up here, that'd be great because um, some of them, some people don't have their Bible apparently. So, two. So, to, for a purpose to humble you, guys. I want you guys to see these purposes. He led you through the desert. He, he didn't lead you through the desert for no purpose. He led you through the desert for a purpose. So, what were those purposes? There's three purposes listed here. Two. Humble you. Sounds like me. To humble you. And to test you in order that he may know what was in your heart, whether you would obey his commands. And he humbled you by causing you to hunger. He caused them to hunger, it says. That's not very nice. You guys know that feeling, right? It's like, God, why are you making me, why are you making this hard? All you got to do is snap your fingers and say the word and it's over. But for 40 years, he caused them to hunger for a purpose the purpose was that he would feed them with manna to teach you that man does n- not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Here's the deal. He says there was a purpose in leading you for these f- through the wilderness for these four years. First of all, first pur- purpose was so that you'd be humble. You can't have the success that I've called you to have, God says, until you pass the test of humility. You see that? You see that here. Okay. Second thing was to test you in order that you, t- to see what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commands. The Lord says, I've got this good stuff ahead of you, but you can't have it if you can't pass the test of obedience. So you got this test of humility test of obedience and then there's one other test there's one other thing one of the reason why he led them through the hard times he led them through the hard times to teach them what that he's a provider that that man does not live but that's not exactly what he says to to teach them that the survival of these people wasn't dependent on the food they ate but on The word of the Lord. Guys, this is is a, a word of the Lord to us right now. That your success, the success in your future is dependent on whether you understand that you don't need food from the supermarket as much as you need food from the super God. Do you guys understand? That's the point. He's like, I'm bringing you for 40 years through hard times until you understand that you need my word more than you need Some food. That's the point. That was the point of 40 years in the wilderness. Now, some, you guys haven't been 40 years yet. I hope you don't got to be 40 before all this is, before this promised land comes. I hope that you can learn these things now. That's what we're talking about this right now. Verse 6. Let's skip down to verse 6. Observe the, actually, let's skip past that because we're going to run out of time. Verse nine, verse ten. Let's look at verse ten. When you have eaten, here's the deal. You guys are going to the promised land. It's going to be really, really good. But when you have eaten and are satisfied, then there's something you guys need to remember to do. And he's telling them this because he knows that it's going to be really easy to forget. So when things are good for you, I mean, think about what, think about how successful the people in this room are going to be in the future. Right now, if we added up all the 2018 adjusted gross incomes for the people in this room, we might be able to buy an old Toyota truck. (laughs) Right? I mean, we're not, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of riches in here. But let me tell you, if we can fast forward the clock 20 years from now, guys, listen, if we can fast forward the clock, 20 years from now, and look at the adjusted gross incomes from all the people in this room. We can buy a lot of stuff. And what he's saying is when that happens, you guys need to praise the Lord your God for the good land, the good Toyota trucks that he's given you. Be careful, verse 11, be careful that you don't forget. The reason he's saying be careful is because if you're not careful, you're going to forget what life was like back now, and you're going to forget to praise him. Be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you today. Verse 12, otherwise, if you do forget, When you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks and the number of cars you have in your garage grows and your silver and money in your banks grows and it's multiplied. Verse 14, then your hearts, you people at the Cornerstone, will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the old hard times, out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And he led you through all that stuff. And he did it to humble you and test you so that it would go well with you. In verse 17, you might say, you people at the Cornerstone, 20 years from now, might be saying, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. Guys, let me ask you that is this. Why has God blessed America? Yeah, you've been listening to me. That's right. Okay. You ask almost anybody, to ask, ask almost anybody, you know, why has God blessed America? You know what they say? We worked hard. What's, what, what's the other reason they say? We worked hard and we were good. Okay? That's the answer they give. Just try it. Ask, ask somebody more. Why do you think God's blessed America so much? Okay? But listen, listen to what, what God is saying through Moses. Verse 17 again. You may say to yourself, my power. And the strength of my hands, all that work that I did, those days when I was working 60 hours a week, those, that, at that time, I worked so hard. And because I worked hard, that's why I got this, all this money. You guys hear it? And the Lord says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers, as it is is today. You guys see this. Look at verse 17 again. 18, sorry. 18. He gives the authority, he gives the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers. Here's what I want to ask you to uh, to think about. You're going to say, I got rich because I'm strong. I worked hard. I spent I I I paid my time I, I paid my dues I, I worked hard and now I it's I'm getting paid for it and the Lord says he gives the wealth look at what's the reason look here real carefully because I, because I missed it for years and when I realized what he was saying here it changed the way that I did money What is the reason that he gives the the ability to produce wealth, according to this verse? So that he can confirm the covenant that he made to to, to the forefathers. What was the covenant that he made to the forefathers? Who are the forefathers? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What was the covenant that God made to Abraham when he called him out of Baghdad, when he called him out of Iraq? What's that? That's right. He said, I'm I'm blessing you. Why? Because you're so nice, Abraham. That's not what he said. He said, I'm blessing you, Mr. Abraham, so that the world will be blessed. Period. You know why God you know, what God? you know what Moses is saying to these people as they're going into the promised land? He's saying, the reason that God is gonna make you guys rich isn't because you worked so hard. The reason he make you so rich is because he still hasn't forgot the promise that he made to Abraham that through the riches of you people, the whole world is going to be blessed. And his purpose, God's purpose, is to bless the whole world. So he's going to bless Israel at this time so that the whole world will be blessed. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? If that's true for why he blessed Israel, then why did he bless America? Why is he blessing you? And you're like, well, I don't feel super blessed. You guys are going to be a- extremely blessed. You're going to have so much compared to the rest of the world. Why? Not because you work so hard. Because he's got a plan to use what you have, what he's entrusted you with, to bless the world. Same purpose. Okay? First, chapter 9. Let's sh- skip down a few verses. Chapter 9. Hero Israel, you are, this, again, Moses is speaking to Israel. You are about to go into to cross the Jordan and go and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you, with l- large cities that have walls up to the sky. The people are strong and tall, Anakites. You you know about them and have heard it said, "Who can stand up against the Anakites?" in other there's there's tough people in the land where you're about to go. But be assured, verse three. But be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire he will destroy them and he will subdue them before you and you will drive them out and annihilate them quickly as the Lord has promised you. You guys are going to cross the Jordan River. You're going to go up there into the, the, the hill country and you guys are going to wipe those people out and you're going to wipe them out because they are bad people who have stood against a righteous God and God is going to use you to wipe them out but it's going to be God's hand that does it. Understand? And then verse 4 after the Lord, this is what's going to happen. He's, he's warning them. And the warning is to us also. Verse 4. After the Lord, your God, has driven them out before you, do not say to yourself, here's the warning. The Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. I'm a good person, so God blessed me. No. It's It is on account of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is going to drive them out before you. In other words, it's not because you're so good. It's because they're they're standing up against God. They're resisting God. They're rebelling against God. So I'm going to use you to wipe them out, but it's not because you guys are so good. Do you guys hear what he's saying to them? It is not because, verse 5, it is not because of your righteousness. Or your integrity that you're going to take possession of the land. But on account of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. Two, look at this. Look at this. Why, why is he going to drive them out? Why, has he got, why is he giving you the land of these evil, of these evil people? For a purpose. Do you guys see this in the second part of verse 5? To accomplish what he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand then, he says it again that is not because you're righteous. You guys look at this, verse 6. It's not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess, because you're a stiff necked people. You guys know what stiff necked is, right? You ever picked up a little kid who doesn't want to be picked up and they go, You guys know what I'm talking about? That's stiff necked. That's stiff necked. God is saying to the people that they're stiff necked, they're not flexible, and yet. God is saying, in spite of your inflexibility, I'm going to use you to bring about good for the whole world. But don't you believe the lie that I'm blessing you because you're so good. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Okay. You ask, try it. Ask anybody tomorrow. So why do you think God blessed America more than the rest of the world? You know what they're going to say? Because we worked hard and we were good. Those are the two answers you get. You don't have to try to convince them. Just just test it. What I want you guys to write across your hearts is the reason that God is going to bless you, the reason that you guys are going to have success and make money in the future is because God has a plan to use you to build his kingdom. That's it. That's God's plan. Okay. So I want you guys to think about how are you going to do that the person that asked me to talk tonight about this said hey can you talk about money and work so let's just talk about work what does the bible have to say about you working say it again work six days work for six days take a day off if you don't work you don't eat okay you work for the lord and not for people that's right what else person doesn't work, shouldn't eat. If you guys are eating, you didn't work then time to fast. Okay. Anything any other scriptures? huh That's right. That's right. Um um Colossians 3:17 and also Colossians 3:24. We're not working for our boss, we're working for Jesus. You guys tomorrow if you don't do a good job at your workplaces, it's not dissing your boss, it's dissing Jesus. You guys got to get that. You're working not Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Okay, what else does it say about work? Colossians 3.23, that's it. That's it. Okay, what else? Okay, let me ask you this. What does the Bible say should be your motivation for working? Yeah, to eat for the Lord. There's a really interesting verse that I might have mentioned to you guys before, but it's, it's, it's in Ephesians 4. Four twenty-eight, and it gives us the Christian, the Jesus-focused mindset of why you guys want a job. I want you guys to think about this: Why do you want a job? It's like to bless others. Right? Read the verse. Doing something useful with their hands so that they can have something to share with those in need. In other words, I mean, th- this is not a command as much as just philosophy of Jesus' people. That you you go get a job. Not so, I mean, if you ask almost anybody out there, why, oh, you want a job? Why do you want a job? It's like, because i need to take care of my family. Here's the deal. You stop working to take care of your family. You work for the Lord, and he will provide for you. But your motivation in working is not to provide for yourself. He's your provider, and you are working for the sake of helping other people. That's what Ephesians 4.28 says. You should work doing something useful with your own hands so that you have something to share with those in need. The promises that God will provide for you. Any other verses that talk about that? They can think of. How about Matthew 6.33? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then you get all the things you need. How about Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I got everything I need. How about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with, with all my heart, lean not on my own understanding all, all my ways, acknowledge him, and he makes my paths straight. Any other verses? Okay, guys, this is what we're going to do right now. We're going to, we want th- this is our first, this is the first merge of the semester. Yeah. It's 2019 spring semester is starting. Uh, anybody tired of school already? Dom. I was afraid you guys might say that. Okay. Glad you came to the Merge to get recharged. Okay, this is what we're going to do. we got five minutes left. If you're a small group leader at the Cornerstone, if you're a Cornerstone small group leader, I want you to stand up, and we're going uh, to do something. We're, we're going to do a little bit of a small group relaunch tonight. Um, if you're a, you see all these people standing up, they're our small group leaders. We want to send the guys upstairs. We want the girls to be down here. We just want you to take five minutes to get with, um, with s- s- some of the small group leaders and talk about a couple things, pray together, And we'll be done in five minutes and 32 seconds. Okay, so guys upstairs quickly, girls down here, and we'll be done in a few minutes. Thank you so much, Cornerstone family, for tuning in. We'll see you next time.